the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Someone just passed me a note that it's International or National Donut Day. And there's one thing I could promise you. A free donut is not worth it. <laughs> just say no. It will kill you. It is a little bit of bread in a jacuzzi of grease. It's, it's not good. It's no good. So it may be delicious, but it will kill you. Mm, um. One of the things I like talking about when I can is, of course, day to day, I'm going to talk about the stock market, the economy, jobs. I'm going to talk about, you know, ooh, Apple's got a developers conference coming up or they're going to release a new XYZ. Um, If they come out with a speaker, how much market share are they going to get? Things like that. I have no problem doing that. The Hey Alexa speaker's cute, but it doesn't tie into my Apple Music, so it's not good enough. Um, It doesn't tie into my email, so it's not good enough. Um, But I do like talking real estate. And one of the areas that uh, I like talking about with real estate is, you know, how to buy a home, how to sell a home. What colors do you paint your walls if you want to sell it as fast as possible at as high of a price as you can? Um, I think the number one thing is before you pick an agent, a real estate agent, is pick a community that you want to live in. Um, because you'll find like there's one guy or one woman who just dominates that community. And that's a good thing to have when you're picking a real estate agent. So narrow down the neighborhood that you want to live in and then find the most dominant. Well, I'm not going to say find the most dominant, but if there's, you know, uh, an agent that has connections with 200 agents, that might be better than an agent who's just brand new to the business and really only knows five other agents, uh, but works in a really cute shop and she's awesome. She dresses really nice. Uh, you want the person who's who's damn well networked because in the end, if they can tell two hundred agents to bring you know three sets of families, you get a lot more eyes looking at your house and potentially wanting to buy your house and potentially competing with each other and bidding the price up and such along those lines. Tony Mendez, Uh What do you look for when you're picking an agent to work with? I think that those are some good keys uh, factors is finding somebody in the community that you are uh, looking to buy uh, and somebody who's seasoned somebody. And I think that's a great word networking. Um, you know, somebody who's going to all those open houses and knows the other agents, because you, you might be that perfect buyer for another agent's seller and that kind of networking that, that your realtor is doing is is going to help you, especially in this type of market, get that house or at least, get um, noticed early on. Um, and that's really what it's all about. And if you don't have that realtor that can find that house or know those agents that have a house that's going to list, it could even be a pocket listing 
uh, pocket listing is something that qu- quite hasn't made it to the MLS, the multiple listing service, and can, uh, you know, the, you might just be a, like the perfect match, and they might just do it right out of the MLS, and next thing you know, you have a house that uh, you've agreed on a good price, and your realtor did their job, and that's what a good realtor would do. That's the first thing I would look for. I hear you. So other things that you can look for, in my opinion, when dealing with a potential agent, um, and again, you know, these aren't set in stone, but ask for you know referrals. Ask for friends uh, to give you you know referrals to someone. Forty-two percent of buyers used an agent referred to them by friends, uh, neighbors, or relatives. For first-time buyers, fifty-two percent relied on referrals. Um, in my community, I know exactly who I would use. Like I know that that person. So, um, and then figure out like the level of experience. Um, I'm not into someone who just got into it. and That's a hard one to gauge. Uh, I'm working with a realtor right now who's been in the business for 20 years, and, and he's on the, the seller side. So I don't really know him, uh, not intimate with him. And, but he says, oh, I've been doing 10 loans every three every quarter for the last you know 20 years. You'd think he's experienced, but then as soon as we got in the transaction, he disappears. He's not you know, he doesn't really have that experience. I, what I'm trying to say is that you may not know that side of the transaction through an interview. That's probably the toughest part about finding a realtor is whether or not he has a good team set up to assist him while he's off doing those other nine transactions. Uh, that's probably the toughest part. I'm with you. Um, what I was going to say before you jumped in was that uh, I, I, I manage a kid's soccer team, right? And uh, there's a lot of people who are in real estate who are moms. And I, I think they're probably trying to sell literally one home a year um, because they, they are moms and they are picking up their kids and they are doing stuff like that and they are dropping off their kids. But I can tell you out of 10 parents, three moms are real estate agents. Um, and that worries me a little bit because that's not enough experience for me, if that's the right word. Um, and it's cute. Again, you know, uh, I feel bad because there's not a lot of inventory so they would obviously w- want more business. It's just there's just not a lot of inventory where I live. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. So picking a good agent is, I think, super important. Um, I want an agent who knows the industry, and after they've shown you two or three houses, can kind of like say, I'm not going to take you to this crap house. Um, for instance, I want a Spanish-style house. That's one of the first things I'll say out loud. And if they take me to a house that's not a Spanish-style house, they just wasted my time. Um, so learn kind of what you want, and you'll save some time in the process. Um, and if they're good at what they do, they'll kind of pick up on your hints, hints, wink, winks, nudge, nudge, pokes, pokes, so to speak. Um, so that's picking a, a buyer agent. How about a, how about uh, selling? What, what's some someone who sells your house? Same same basic concept, do you think? Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, going back to the networking uh, factor in buying a house and same applies for selling your house. Uh, you want somebody who has a lot of their feelers out there and you know can can give you a good open house and draw all of those other agents in. And those other agents are going to have maybe two or three buyers that might be interested in that house. So those um, those open houses and uh, the broker tours are very important as well, so that the brokers and other agents around the neighborhood get to know your house in advance of actually hitting that open house and they, they go, Oh, we got some buyers and, and maybe it is that Spanish house. And next thing you know, Rob Black comes rolling through and says, this is an ideal house. Hopefully the agents 
are, are giving that kind of service to their buyers as well. Again, there's not a lot of inventory, so you're almost out there looking at everything, Rob. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not, you know, hey, this house doesn't look good. I'm going to go look at the other one. It's I'm going to look at everything that's in my price range. So um, it's a so you, so you kind of start diving into what are the other aspects of the realtor that I'm going to need uh, um, negotiations. Is he going to write a good contract? Are we going to get seller concessions? Are we going to price the property right if I'm going to go over? I'm sorry, my offer correctly. If I'm going to go over the asking price, am I still going to come into appraisal? Does the uh, the realtor have enough experience to give me a good idea on that? Because I only have a certain amount of money down. Can I go over that that asking price uh, and still come in at value? So there's a lot of other things that you need to find out about your realtor. We'll talk mortgages. We'll talk investing. We'll talk real estate. We'll talk rentals. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. If you have questions, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. LOLO. Is this on? It's one of my favorite things to do when I'm on a remote location. So on radio, I don't actually have to be at the studio. And uh, one of the things you can do to freak out the producer is like, hello, can you hear me? Hello. And he's like, I can hear you. You're on the air. Go. I can hear you. You're on the air. Go. It's time to stop, okay? And I just keep pretending like I can't hear him. And he panics and he's hitting dials and he's hitting buttons. And it's uh, always a good time. But I am live in the studio today. Uh, I'm going to be doing Facebook Live a little bit later this morning. So probably about 9.15, you can go to Cron4, and it's Cron4 Rob Black, Cron4 Rob Black. And I'm also going to be doing one for KDOW, so if you go to KDO, if you go to Facebook and like KDOW, you'll like me, and therefore you'll like my radio station. I'll be there if you want to ask questions. Um, you can always pre-ask a question by sending it to Rob at robblackshow.com. Uh, but KDOW um, Facebook page, uh, AM 1220, KDOW. Also, I have one called Cron4 Rob Black, Cron4 Rob Black. I also have a group called I Hate Rob Black, which is pretty interesting. Why would I come up with a group name I Hate Rob Black? Tony, do you have an answer for this? Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. I think it's just a poke, right, in yourself. You're fab. You're switched on. You're a bit of all right. It's, yes. Or it's because you're just a big deal. Black. My my idea was black. Jesus, just stop, Ron. <laughs> I'm terribly sorry. I don't know why I can't stop saying black. The word black. Hello, Mr. Burgundy. The reason why is that at some point in time, people do actually hate me. Um, and why not just go ahead and get the name "I Hate Rob Black" in case there's a group that wants to have "I Hate Rob Black" and they go there and everyone likes me. I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> So it's kind of counterintuitive, but it works because I love Rob Black. Psh, all my exes, they're all in that. So I've got a long list of exes. And uh, I'm very important. They all love me and miss me. So three out of four times is 75% of the time it works. So what was it called? What was it, what was it called Puma? What was the, what was the, uh, oh, it burns. It burns the, um, uh, the clone that he had. It, it basically, it's three out of four times. I can't remember. I know what you're talking about. So we were talking about buying a home, and 
and being young and buying your first home. And with that comes like, you have to have an emergency fund because trust me, once you buy a home, you can't use all your cash. Something's going to go bad in your life. Your car's going to break down. Something like that. Your ex is going to leave you. You were counting on her for half the payment. Something's going to happen. If you can save up more than the bare minimum, that's great because it shows that you're mature. Um, If you know that there's going to be a lot of bills to pay right out of the gate, even with the closing costs sometimes, you have to have a good credit score in order to get you into that first home. Go go back to that, uh, you know, save more than the bare minimum. Uh Because what there are... Down, not down payment assistance programs, but there's low down payment loans right. um, that you you could use with you know as low as three and a half percent down. Some are even three percent down. Then there's another Fannie Mae thing that you can do one percent down, where the lender pays the two percent. But what you end up with is a slightly higher rate, slightly higher payment. You might end up with mortgage insurance unless you're buying it out with what they call lender paid mortgage insurance. So you end up with a higher payment. So the more money that you are able to put into the loans, the better your terms are going to be and your better your payment. So it's kind of like a cash in scenario, cash in a refinance where you're getting an actual rate of return on the money that you're putting into it. Uh, and that's an easy, there's an easy way to calculate that. Yes, you're getting having a little bit of lower mortgage and less write-offs, but you have that lower payment. So it's always a great goal to get to the the better scenario, which is the twenty percent. Which also, like, if um, you're young, you have to be willing to say, "I'm going to live in this place for five years, minimum three, hopefully five or seven or ten, because that's when it starts working for you." Yep. Um, that's when you start recouping the costs. That's when you start getting some, you know, dent into that uh, equity per se. Um, also, I would say you're ready to buy a home if you don't have a big expense coming up, you know, on top of this. So if you're about to send your wife back to college to get a master's degree, if you need a new car, um, don't go out and buy a home. You know, start looking at things to see how affordable everything is in your life, so that you don't get into a situation where something has to be canceled. Yeah, and you asked me earlier about you know, people with emergency funds and if they're using all of their money to buy a house. And you know, there's, there is a percentage. It's small, but there is a percentage of people that do that. But what we what I see a lot more often is dual incomes having to qualify. And you brought up a good point, And that is if you do have a big expense, but you could also have a loss of income right. and that loss of income can be disastrous. In some cases, we've had people lose homes because of loss of incomes, but you can qualify with dual incomes. So I've always kind of had this mindset of trying to qualify or, or the philosophy of try to use one income to buy a house as opposed to two so that you know that if one couple kind of okay. breaks down, then you have that, uh, you can still qualify. I think it's important when you're ready to buy a house and you know, you're ready to buy a house when you can kind of understand your own finances. I run into way too many people that have never understood their budget. They've never done a budget. Um, and they want to own house house. Why do you want to own a house? I just want to own a house. Um, and you told me this a couple of weeks ago, people are asking you now when they're buying houses and it scares you when people say, how much do you think I'll be able to sell it for in two years? And you're like, what? I wouldn't count on that. Cause for instance, my house hasn't gone up in the last two years. It went up for eight straight years and then nothing for two. Um, so I wouldn't count on it always going up. That's also, it kind of brings up a good point. A lot of first-time home buyers are using more 
red versus buy calculators. One of the I don't entries, believe, I don't believe. I that. know you don't, but but a lot of people use them, and one of the, and they do work. If you get the right one, they do work. But there is one factor that you can change, and that's the appreciation on the property. And a lot of people go, oh, I've seen properties go up one percent, two percent, three percent, even four percent, five percent a year, and that little number right there really changes that that graph. You said, hey, if I want to keep it in five years, and maybe I'll start getting due to the positive territory, and it makes sense to buy instead of rent. But that one little factor, be careful on on overestimating how much your home will appreciate. Absolutely. And, um, you know, assuming, right? Yeah. You know what it does, right? It makes ASS out of you and me. Yeah. Please, please. I'll be here all night. Don't forget to tip your waiters and waitresses. Try the veal. Veal's lovely. Who doesn't love a yummy, delicious cow? Baby cow kept in a box its whole life. Delicious. Oof. So, eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. Each calls on the air, and also I think you can know that you can buy a home when you have your debt under control. When you're not struggling to go, my credit card. I have to pay my credit card. <laughs> it's overdue. It's like don't buy a home until you get kind of like a good understanding of your debt, a good understanding of expenses down the road. I'm gonna need. A, I'm gonna need a roof in five to ten years. I mean, that's not cheap. It's not free. Um, so it's going to change my monthly payment for some period of time. Don't move in the next five years. Have a good credit score. Know that when you're going to step away from signing all that paperwork, there's still going to be more checks to sign. So it's a stressful scenario. It's a stressful scenario, right? We, we do our best to ease a little bit, but yes, it can. Do you still give out Xanax to all your customers? Because if you give out Xanax to one, you have to give them out to them all. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Your San Jose Barracuda hockey updates. One of my favorite things to do, talk hockey. Talk San Jose Barracuda hockey. The San Jose Barracuda are on AM 1220 KDOW. We broadcast their games with Nick Nolenberger, but joining me now, first and foremost, talk about where they are in the season. Barracuda defenseman Jake Middleton. How are you, Mr. Middleton? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? Thanks. I'm doing well. Um, sorry for getting out of bed early. Uh, you got a couple big oh, games no this problem. weekend. Uh, how are you feeling about where you are in the season so far? Good so far. Um, with another young team again, but our, our record steadily improving, and it's been good so far. Yeah, it started off a little slow, but uh, you're making some progress yeah. in the standings, which is kind of where you want to be. You don't want to be in first yeah. at this point in time. You want to be in striking distance. Um, but uh, how's the defense on the team looking? Good, good. Like I said, we're kind of a young decor back there. Um, but we've showed all these first few games that we played, first 12. We're looking good so far, and there's only improvement that can be done, and it's looking good. You're entering your second professional season right now. People could find out more about the Barracuda by going to SJ Barracuda. But I always say it's such an experience to go to a game. What are you finding yourself uh, playing in the AHL as a young man who came out of Ontario? Uh, the hockey's fast here, really fast, um, especially in the Pacific Division. we got a lot of big bodies, a lot of heavy men playing the game out here on the West Coast, which makes the game pretty exciting. What's your uh, defensive style game like? Are you a speed skater like a Brent Burns? Or are you more of a, no, a big no? Power? I'm more of a more of a defensive guy. I don't score too many goals. I, I don't set up too many goals, but uh, I, I try my best to keep the puck out of the net and get the puck out of our, our zone. 
So you uh, you pick up some penalty minutes. You don't get a lot of goals. Uh, you're kind of a stay-at-home defenseman, which is is great to have yeah. in the NHL. Still very much yeah, so a commodity. Yeah, I mean, it's a role that's kind of dying. So you got to step up your offensive abilities uh, a bit in this new game. But uh, no, it's fun for sure. The new game is speed. I think is what you're alluding to. And uh, yeah, really fast really fast and uh, it always seems to be a weakness when you're in the playoffs of having it is good no uh roy sommer yeah, uh, playing for a legendary coach how's that working out for you unbelievable i mean you can't complain when you got a guy with 20 years experience behind the bench um i saw he's four wins away from 700 or whatever and that's a, a feat not many people are able to achieve so it's pretty exciting you're working as the AHL affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. Their season seems to be going a little pretty good, pretty good. Um, odds of getting called up sometimes is maybe an injury. Maybe it's sometimes uh, giving guys some rest. Uh, yeah, as a San Jose sure. Barracuda, um, do you all watch the games, the Sharks games? and Do you watch oh, them as a team? Do you... uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure everyone watches them as a team, I'd say. But I think everyone's got the games on at home. Um, I mean, you're vying for those guys' spots on that team, and you'd never wish an injury upon anybody. Um, but watching the game would sure help if you were to get a call up in the time being. So watching the games, you kind of get a look at how they play. And we're right next to them at the, the Solar for Ice there. Uh, so it's good to keep an eye on what they're doing just in case the, the possibility of a call up is there. Now, this is going to sound like an odd question, but go with me on this one, Jake. Um, right. HL, HL payrolls, probably not in the millions of dollars. How does a young man oh, like you and other Barracuda make-ins meet? I'm sure the San Jose organization gives you places to live. I'm not even sure of that, but I'm assuming that. What's it look like oh, no. being an HL player? We, uh, I mean, it's, not, it's obviously not uh, anything that the Sharks make in that, but we're also not... Uh, scraping by with things either we're we're well off in that sense um, everyone's got their own apartment and that type of thing so they don't necessarily provide for us but they give us a couple apartments that are uh, lenient I should say so we kind of work around that with our, our media staff and that and they help us find places but like I said no we, we're not making the, the big millions right now um, but we're not we're not poor either. We're not scraping by. We're able to provide for ourselves and, and still become better hockey players at the same time. It's interesting because uh, as a radio guy and television guy, I'm not a tech guy. Um, so I'm a fish out of the water. Well, me neither. So. Exactly. <laughs> so in this area, you are a fish out of the water if you don't work at Facebook or Google. No uh, two kidding. weekend games. You've got a game against Ontario rain Saturday and Sunday. There's plenty of tickets available. SJBarracuda.com. The tickets are affordable. The tickets are always – they've got fun themes to them. Superhero Day, free parking, things along yeah, those lines. Yeah. Um, the day games, do you enjoy those tilts versus going in the evenings? I do personally. I enjoy those afternoon games. Uh, less time to think, you know, you don't get as nervous in that. If you're waiting all day for a game, you get pretty excited and amped up. So those afternoon ones where you can wake up and get a good meal and then it's right to the rink. Uh, I enjoy those ones. Sounds good. We'll have a good games this weekend, and uh, we'll see you around the, the, the rink, so to speak. I appreciate you joining us. Jacob Milton, defenseman's SJ Barracuda. A lot of good games coming up um, in the month of November. We still have plenty of time um, for the uh, Barracuda to make up in the standings a little bit. Uh, a lot of home games, too, this weekend against the Ontario Rain. The Ontario Rain, it's Ontario, California. It's not Ontario, Canada. 
and they are the AHL affiliate of the LA Kings. So beat LA. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Talking a little SJ Barracuda hockey. Um, and I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I'd like to see the, the lifestyle of an AHL player because they're not quite there yet, but the Sharks have gone young this year. The Bear could have gone younger this year. So a lot of future NHL talent could be heard and seen at the rink. And what an experience that is. Uh, SAP Center is a great world-class event-holding location. So getting tickets to a Barracuda game scores you kind of some good family entertainment. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, invested in more. Um, anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. We could talk about the market's huge. I hate saying huge because it's so associated with someone else right now. But the huge rally we saw yesterday tied towards uh, the tax plan getting pushed through. Uh, we still don't have all the details on it, uh, but we're getting there. And um, it's going to have to get through another round. We get the Tesla's new unveiled first electric semi, and it looks like a spaceship. I don't know how I feel about that, uh, but I talked yesterday. I gave you kind of like all the background on why Tesla needs to get into big trucks. Um, big trucks have a big expense tied towards labor of the person who drives them. So unveiling this big tr- semi uh, and pairing it with Tesla's autopilot should help. Uh, the big rig has an impressive range of about 500 miles per charge. Tesla's going to begin production of the vehicle in 2019. They say they've got orders coming in. Tesla also unveiled a, wor- a working prototype of its new Roadster. That's the fastest car in the world. Zero to 60 in five seconds for the truck. Zero to 60 uh, miles per hour in 20 seconds when hauling 80,000 pounds of cargo. Uh, four motors on the rear axle. Windshield is made of uh, resistant, impact-resistant glass. I mean, this is, this is a self-driving missile, also known as a truck. Um pretty fascinating what they're trying to pull off and how fast they're trying to pull it off but the production is never nearly as fast as you would want um and that's why it's one of the heaviest shorted stocks in the world Uh, a lot of people betting that failure to produce uh the product that you say you could produce is going to become a problem 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air Square is a Jack Dorsey company, and the person who cuts my hair, she takes Square. And Square's stock is up 200%, and it's still gaining right now. Uh, one analyst just upgraded it to outperform, and this is an Evercore analyst. So he looks at Square. It's a payment system, raising uh, the price target from 25 to $51. That's a big jump, a big jump. Uh, Kumar thinks the company will post revenue growth of about 40% in 2018 and 35% in 2019, which ahead of the 31% and 29% it just came off of. What's interesting to note about that is that's not fantastic. That's not unprecedented growth. Square doesn't have to spend very much to attract new merchants. And they've got an overwhelming majority of larger sellers choosing to onboard themselves. So the Cash app, it's free. It gets folks more familiar with the Square's brand. Square Cash is a peer-to-peer payments tool. It's very similar to Venmo, and it recently gave some of its users the chance to buy and sell Bitcoin. 
So it's now becoming a backdoor play on Bitcoin. And that's probably the rub. That's probably the sexiest rub on it. Um, as far as important to note. Nike's in the news today. Speaking of sports and hockey and everything else, they're upping their dividend. Trading higher on that news. The board of directors have uh, increased their dividend 11%. The stock um, traded up on that news. The quarterly dividend will raise to $0.20 cents a share from $0.18. Cents. Factoring in the higher dividend, the stock is yielding just about 1.4%. So that's not a lot as far as dividend-paying companies. But if you own $100 in Nike, they give you a buck forty throughout the year. And when the stock market goes sideways, you still get your buck forty. That's one of the secrets of success on Wall Street is having some dividend-paying stocks that basically take care of you during those sideways years. Um, and some people choose to reinvest their dividends. Some people choose to take their cash and run and pay taxes on it. Um, I'm a reinvestor kind of guy. I'm at that point where I can still do that, and it doesn't stress me out. So Apple's been upping their dividend. Qualcomm's up in their dividend. You're now seeing Nike up their dividend. It's a way that a company shows its, not appreciation, but it's just like you. It has a job. It's considered a person by the IRS. And in this case, it's it's making more money, and it's sharing more money. So 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. By the way, the thought on Square for me is I think they'll be acquired at some point in time by maybe like a PayPal. I'm Rob Black. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Broadcom has closed their $5.5 billion brocade deal. That's in the news. The S&P, the Dow, lower as health stocks are weighing on the market. As the Trump agenda is focusing a little bit back on appealing of Obamacare. And what does that look like? We know healthcare is a you know billion, billion, billion dollar industry. Um, so all the market's running into a little bit of resistance. I'm not upset. I'm not worried. I'm not stressed. If the tax plan gets some sort of uh, life stickiness to it in the next 30 days, the markets can support another higher leg up. But there is resistance. Stocks are hovering just below their all-time highs. Financial stocks are weak as the yield curve continues to flatten. Retailers are solidly higher following a beat batch of earnings. You see in weakness today in financials and tech. And financials and tech, as sectors go, they tend to be, uh, you would want them to be stronger if you would want them to be quote unquote leaders. Um, so Chipotle Mexican Grill is catching a little bit of a bid. Man, that company has had a rough, rough go of it. I own none. I was fascinated by the growth story of it on how a quick service restaurant was able to hit such amazing growth and it, it, it never ran into growing problems. And then it did. Company reported earnings back in October. It gapped down. It's playing with that gap now. But technically, it's starting to look like it's, it's done its work on putting in the bottom. Now, again, I'm not a technician. Uh, that ain't my cup of tea. Intel's in the news today. Uh, Apple's looking into using Intel to power super fast 5G phone. So this has the whole Qualcomm fingerprints that we're negotiating in the media without you kind of thing. 
Apple engineers believe Intel's technology will satisfy its requirements for a future phone. It's just not fast enough right now. And when we want the 5G speeds, you want Qualcomm's chips right now. Qualcomm's 5G modem chips offer more specialized carrier features. Uh, but one source says right now that many will not be adopted by carriers. Uh, Apple engineers believe that Intel's 5G modem uh, more than hits its requirements that would have to be given to the carriers. Intel's lagged far behind Qualcomm in the modem market. So this one, I, I like Intel. I think they're a fine company. If you're looking at some of the old horsemen of the NASDAQ, Intel, uh, Microsoft, Cisco, they're they're at all-time high. They're not, at all-time highs or they're near all-time highs. And that's pretty cool for them. The NBA is in the news today. Uh, heartbreaker of a game last night, if you're a Warriors fan. It seems like, I don't know, it's just chippy. It didn't look like good basketball. Then out of nowhere, Boston pulls it out. Uh, the Supreme Court's going to hear a case that the NBA is involved in, and it's tied towards betting ways to legalize sports betting in New Jersey. Um, even though the NBA and most of the other leagues have indicated that they do support legalized sports betting in America, the NCAA, the NFL, the NBA, the Major League Baseball, the NHL all oppose New Jersey's case. The reason right now for the league is they're trying to get some nuance that it gets a little bit more explaining. And ultimately, they want to make some money on it. Um, and I don't know how I feel. It's to me, it's, it's kind of a non story. It's out there today. Spotify is buying an online recording studio called Soundtrap. More and more podcasts are being developed. Music streaming company Spotify has bought online music and audio recording studio Soundtrap. I've never used Soundtrap. I should look into it because I should look into it. Soundtrap's rapidly growing business is highly aligned with Spotify's vision of uh, democratizing the music ecosystem. Spotify is aiming to file its intention to float with U.S. regulators at the end of this year to list in the first or second quarter. So Spotify buying a music company. Isn't Spotify the company I pay $9.99 for? had an interesting conversation on that. I pay for Apple Music. I think it's a good service. I don't think it's a great service. Spotify is a great service. They're basically priced at the same level. And a friend of mine's like, why don't you use Spotify? I was like, well, because I own shares of Apple. And the look was like, are you kidding me? I'm like, nope. If I own shares of GM, I buy GM cars. Is that wrong of me? I don't own shares of GM. I don't have a GM car. Are you out of your mind? Williams and Snowba is in the news today. You know Williams and Elma, right? Uh, they make luxury goods. Like if you want some classic beer steins or something like that, oh my, that's my, probably my. where you would want to go. They're buying a San Jose-based 3D printing company, imaging and augmented reality. They're spending $112 million in cash. Now you're like, 3D luxury home goods. How does it fit? Outwards, uh, I don't know if it does. The name of the company is Outward, and they bring proprietary and transformative technology, which is at the forefront of their industry. Um, they're going to collaborate on technology and enable applications and product visualization, digital room design, and augmented and virtual reality. And now it starts to make sense. Augmented reality, getting goods in your home, seeing what they would look like. IKEA is already doing this with an app with for the iPhone 10. 
So it is a San Jose-based company, and they just got acquired for ten and a half, or they had eleven and a half million dollars in venture capital, and they get acquired for over a hundred million dollars. Not too bad. So, how does that Chesterfield leather sofa look in your house? That's what they're doing. It's the future of shopping. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, more. Find me at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.